I'll cut you a deal if I say something good about Jesus this morning. You need to make noise. Sounds good? All right. All right. Let's, that's great. Hey, well, it is Good Friday, and, um, and I've got a title, more of a question, and it's definitely not, per- it's definitely not meant to sound sarcastic, all right? So it's, it's, it's stead with reverence, but I don't want it to be, to be misunderstood. Um, I, remember, I remember probably a couple of years into my walk with Jesus, I was going to church on Good Friday, and um, I just pondered, I'd never really thought about the, the, this, these two words, Good Friday, and I, and I thought about it, and I thought to myself... It's definitely something a human made up, you know, and I, and, and I sort of reflected on that because it's, it's not really like, um, with it, with it, please, nothing is sarcastic here this morning, but it wasn't really a great day for Jesus, if, if you understand what I'm saying, like, and, and, and so again, nothing is, is said sarcastically here this morning, but let's have a conversation. Um, yeah, like this was, this is the day I was just pondering in my mind. This is the day Jesus was brutalized. He was crucified. Like he had a, he had a, um, like Roman guards beat, flogged him, um, with inches to within inches of his life. They used, uh, sticks to bash a crown of thorns on his head. Like it's a, and then they made him drag, drag a cross up a hill and they nailed him to it and he died on it many hours later of suffocation. And I think to myself, good Friday. Do you know what I mean? Like, that was just the things I was thinking. But so my question to you is today is what's so good about Good Friday? What's so good about Good Friday? And that extremes, what's so good about Good Friday? Um, it's not in the Bible. It's, it definitely is man-made. It's got heaps of different, um, you know, hi- history behind it. Used to be Holy Friday, used to be called Sorrowful Friday, used to be called Sacred Friday. Um, these were all obviously all fitting titles because they it, it, this particular Friday we remember something that is quite holy and sacred and in some ways in some ways very sorrowful. Um, but also I think for the modern church, we probably we probably see it as quite simply quite literal that that God is good, and it's a, an act of good from God on on Good Friday, that he is, he is perfect, but he is also kind, and he is also good. And I think I speak for most people in this room, when, 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 we know, when I say, God has been good to me, God has been good to us, amen? And, uh, and, and I think about my own journey, and it's certainly true. It's certainly true for the journey that I've been on with Jesus. I remember I was, I was 14 years old, I was in high school, I'd grown up in a Lutheran church, had a lot of great information about God, which I was grateful for, but no real revelation of who He really was and how much He loved me. And um, I was, uh, I was a, a child of a divorce, grew up in a broken home, there was a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, and, um, and my father basically left us with nothing, left us in poverty, left us in a one-bedroom apartment with, uh, with, with the three of us living there and absolutely nothing. But somehow my mother by some miracle, made it possible for everything to just happen. You know, she's such a good woman and, um, and so sacrificial, but she made it possible for me to go to private school. And uh, it was a great school. And, and when I was 14, I guess all my dysfunction was starting to come to the surface. All the things I'd suppressed as a seven-year-old were really starting to rise up and my issues were becoming very real. And, uh, and I remember I used to just, and they really showed up in rebellion, disrespect towards authority. That was where it was sort of, you know, flaring up. And I remember we were at PE, I was on the Oval, and I was in a bad way with a bad attitude doing the wrong thing, right? And, 
and w- it was hockey. After school, it was hockey, and oddly enough, the pastor of the actual school, because it was a Christian school, he was the hockey coach. But, um, but I'd even, I just remember that day so clearly, I'd even in my heart, I remember that I wanted to annoy him that afternoon. I wanted to do something to tick him off. That was my motive. That was how I was operating. And, and we were told, we were given a simple instruction. Pair up, you need to hit um, a ball and then, with, and then run off to the, where the ball went and then the next person hits it again. And so go off in pairs, running around, hitting a hockey ball, right? So immediately, it was, I was first off to hit it. Um, of this, I was paired up with someone I, I sort of hardly knew. And, and I just remember in my heart, I was like, I want to do something to annoy this pastor. I want to, I want to um, and I want to hit this ball so hard that it goes off the oval into the bush and we don't have to do this stupid thing. That's what that was, this is my heart. It's important you understand my heart. It was not good, it was bad. And, and so we stood there and I, and I was like, I'm, I'm going to hit this thing and I, and I went, whack as hard as I could and it just topped the ball so it moved about five centimeters <laughs> right so I said oh, man. And, the, and the guy the guy's standing there and I go oh, I'm gonna do this man I'm gonna hit this thing and I smacked the ball as hard as I could and it topped it again and then I turned to this guy I said, now I'm angry my master plan isn't working and I looked at this guy this this other 14 year old kid and I said man I'm gonna smack this thing to kingdom come and I went whack as hard as I could and I hit it connected it flew and then I just felt another whack and I looked and the hockey stick has hit this poor innocent guy straight in the face like I'm talking straight in the face he covers his face and I'll never forget the noise till this day that he was making it was the most horrific painful noise and I and, I, and I, he just dropped to the ground and took his hands away, and blood started pouring out of his face. They whisked him away. It was like it was it was horrible. He needed medical attention, and I'm standing there going, "Wow, nice one, right?" The next day, he doesn't come to school. Obviously, he's got a broken nose. He's got two black eyes. He's got a nose that looks like a cane toad sitting on his face. He just he looks terrible, right? I ring him that night. You used to be able to have the phone numbers of all your school school friends, and and, and I rang him that night. And I said, hey, man, we weren't friends. I said, hey, man, um, how are you? I just, wanted, I just noticed you weren't at school today. I hope you're okay. Next day, you didn't come to school. I rang up again. Hey, I hope you're okay, mate. Next day, you didn't come to school. Hope you're okay, mate. I just talk on the phone with him a bit every night. By the end of the week, we were friends. Now, the weird thing is, he came to this church. He was the drummer in the youth band. His family were committed Christians. And I was now his friend. Right? He is, he's, he's honestly... He ministered to me all through high school. He shared scripture with me, challenged me when I was doing the wrong thing. Mate, he pulled me up on all sorts of things. He would drag me to youth any opportunity he could get just to try and get me saved. I would hear him praying in the, like when we were sitting up the back that I'd put my hand up. And eventually I did. At the end of high school, I did. And, 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 um, and I had probably a year of, of fruitfulness and, uh, and then sort of fell away again from my own issues for many years. Um, told God I didn't like him, told God I hated him, told God I wanted nothing to do with him. And, and I said, told him one day, get out of my life. Just get away from me. I don't want you in my life, right? And two weeks later, I was going through absolute hell. My life had completely undone and I was running back to Jesus with my life going, here you go, you can have it back now. You can take my life, it's all yours. I, I tell you, it's just, I find it amazing, right, that in sort of both times that I really made decisions for Jesus, it all started from me doing something wrong. 
like on the oval that day, I'm the most undeserving person of anything good happening, yet I meet the person that leads me to Christ. Like by, by a, like aggressively assaulting him and nearly killing him. Do you and I, and I don't, I, I sort of, it's funny, but it isn't. It's horrific. But somehow God made that good. He turned that around and made it good. When I came back and handed him my life, the, I, I just can't believe the good he has done in the last 20 years of my life. But that's true of so many people in the room, isn't it? We all have a story like that where, where things weren't going great, but then God showed up and something good happened. Isn't, isn't that true? You know, Deb Alfred's not here today, but Georgia was telling me that Deb and Georgia, 25 years ago today, and we're going to make noise about this in a minute, were down at the beach at a Good Friday service that this church was hosting on the beach and they heard the gospel preached and a mother and a daughter met Jesus and they've been here ever since. She's up the back there, 25 years. Praise God for their faithfulness. Praise God for how good, how good He is. There's so many people in this room. I think I've heard so many testimonies over my time of, of people that weren't doing good, were so undeserving, but God showed up and did something good in their life and changed and changed their life. I think about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul that, that, that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, right? His name used to be Saul. Saul hated Jesus, hated his church, and was on a mission to destroy his church. He, he had no issue in his heart watching someone get stoned to death, a follower of Jesus Christ being brutally killed in one of the worst ways, had no issue at all watching on with approval. He had no issue with it at all. He was quite happy to go and put women and children who were Christians in prison. He hated Jesus and he hated the church. And while he was on his way to destroy the church, Jesus just showed up while he was doing something so bad and changed his life forever. The re- I, I, t- I tell you what, the reason you and I are in this room today is because Jesus met Paul on a road somewhere in the Middle East, right, and sent him to everyone that wasn't a Jew to tell them about Jesus. We're here today because of that. God does good things, especially when we don't deserve it. Especially when we don't deserve it. And we shouldn't be surprised because God says in His Word that it's His goodness that leads men to repentance. It's His goodness. It's not His severity. It's not His anger. It's His goodness that leads men to repentance, that draws us to say, hey, when when He puts His goodness on display and pours it into our lives when we don't deserve it and we say, hey, I think I want to change. I think I don't want to go this way anymore. If God's that good, I think I might go with Him. It's His goodness that, that leads us to repentance. Oh, look, it was, I think my kids were five and four at the time and there was, this, um, there was this little toy that was out and it was called a Zuzu pet. I believe we have an image of it. There it is. So they crawl around and, that, and they're basically they're guinea pigs for people, mechanical guinea pigs for people who don't want the filth of real guinea pigs in their home. And I just thought these are definitely, they're definitely for me. And so I got two of them, one for each of them. And anyway, one day I noticed the oldest one was playing with both of them. And I went to the youngest one and I said, what, why, was, why has your older sister got your, um, your Zuzu pet? She, and my little, the little one said, oh, we swapped. We've done a trade. And I, and I went, oh, yeah? What did you trade it for? And she comes out with this little container 
opens up the container and to my horror, like to my absolute horror, I am presented with, next image please, a dead skink. <laughs> this is legit, that is the dead skink. I didn't Google one, that's him, right? And I said, why? Why? And she goes, well, I was hoping it would, if I looked after it, it would come back to life. <laughs> and then I would have a living pet. And I said, I'll fix this for you today. <laughs> we'll reverse the trade and move, move the carcass on. Um, but look, hey, here's a sentence for you. The value of anything is determined by what someone is willing to pay for it. The value of anything is determined by what someone is willing to pay for it. One time I was at, um, I was at Ikea. We were, we were going from a, from a one-bedroom home to a three-bedroom home and I just needed furniture. I needed some more furniture. I'd saved up some money and I had to buy a fair bit of stuff. So I went up there with a pretty clear list. But how many people know that Ikea is a place full of snares and traps? Oh, yeah, as if you're leaving with just what you wanted, mate. So I'm going up there, and it was the old Ikea, which you, a lot of you may not know, but it was not as good as the new Ikea. And, um, and so I was just trapped in this rabbit warren of, of, um, you know, of purchasing problems, trying to work out what I was going to do. And I started to get my list and I was throwing all these other knickknacks in because I just had to have them because they were just right in front of me. And anyway, I finally got right through this, um, this maze and I got to the end. There was one last little knickknack barrel. And so I went, oh, that would be good for my, for my daughter. So I just grabbed that and put that in the thing. And then we went through and you could actually, at the registers at the old Ikea, you could actually see outside and I could see this terrible, like, storm brewing. Like, you could see the trees were blowing and you could sort of see off in the distance there was like a wall of water coming and it was really quite, um, you know, it was really quite ominous. And, uh, and, and so I, I was sort of hurrying the lady along, come on, can we swipe this a bit quicker? I've got to get it out to you, I've got to put a tarpaulin on it or I'm not going to get it home in this weather and so I was not paying a lot of attention as she was beeping through everything beep 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 and then she said oh that'll be this much and I stopped for a second I went it feels like a lot more than that feels like heaps more than I should have paid for all that but the storm the pressure of the storm and everything like that and so I'm like not sure what to what to um what to do and I just went oh, I'll just pay for it and I'll sort it out later because I've got to get this stuff out I've got to get home and um and then I paid for it walked through and the rain just thundered down. All right. I thought, all right, I've got time. Right. So I quickly checked the receipt and I looked right through and I, and I got through. I was checking everything off and then I, I thought, $874. I went over the lady and I said, what is this thing that I... You know how I care? It's all weird names. Like you've got Blarkon or Blip, Bliplop or Bartok, you know, and it's Cup. So I had like a thing, right? Mitbok, something like that, right? And I said, what is that? It's $874. I can't even see it. And she goes, oh, okay. She goes, hmm. Oh, that is that. And I looked at it and it was this little thing that I picked up for my daughter. Who would like to see what I paid $874 here? Throw it up. <laughs> Don't worry. It included the spoon. But again, I say the statement, the value of, of something is determined by what someone is willing to pay for it. Yeah, I did take that back, by the way, just in case everyone thinks I did not. I took that back. It was actually, regular retail price was $2.99. Um, $2.99, not even $2.99, yeah, $2.99. But, um, 
at the value of something is what someone is willing to pay for it. You know, the truth is, God created all of us in this room. No one is here by accident. You are absolutely intentionally here because God wants you breathing air at this moment in history. He created you. Everything about you, you're special to Him. He is your loving Heavenly Father and you are His dearly loved child. But the pro- and, he, and you are, honestly, you, the purpose of your existence is relationship with the loving God that created you. There's nothing else. Everything else is quite secondary to this relationship that God wants you to have with Him. He wants you to know that He loves you and He wants you to love Him. And it's a beautiful thing. But there's a massive problem because we're all sinners. We've all done things that we know in the past were wrong. We've all done things that that we're not proud of. We've lied, cheated, stolen, whatever it is. You might be looking at things you shouldn't look at. Whatever it was, taking things you shouldn't be taking. Whatever it was, that stuff, the Bible calls it sin. And the massive problem is God is sinless. He doesn't have sin in Him. And He can't have any part with sin. It's gone quiet. Right? He can't have any part with sin. But he loves us so much and he doesn't want that to be the case. He doesn't want a separation between us and him. And the problem with sin is that it carries with it a very high consequence. It carries with it separation from God in this life and for all of eternity. And that is a huge problem because that means if we have sin that is not forgiven in our life, it means that we will have to pay the price for that in a place for all eternity where God will not be. And if God isn't there, there'll be no love, there'll be no joy, there'll be no peace, and that's why they call it hell, because it's such a bad place, because the goodness of God is not there. It is not there, it is a dark place, and it was never designed, God never designed hell for His children to go to it. So we've got this problem called sin, but God had an answer. He sent His Son, Jesus, to die on a cross. Jesus was perfect. He had never sinned. He died on the cross and He paid the price with His blood that was spilled to satisfy our debt of sin. I said that if I said something good about Jesus, you said you would make noise. And so, and so this is the, the power of what takes place on Good Friday. A good thing happened. There was a transaction that took place so that we wouldn't have to pay the price for our own sin, but Jesus would pay that price for us. And, and you've and you got to understand, the Bible talks about when Jesus was on the cross, right? Well, you've got to understand this, he did this by choice. His father asked him to do it, and he did it by choice, right? And he hung on that cross at any point, He could have pulled the pin and said no. He knew it would hurt. He said it in the garden. He said, this cup of suffering, if there's a way out, I'd like to take it. But but I want your will to be done, not mine. That's what he said to his Father in heaven. And so Jesus hung on that cross of his own choice and he died a criminal's death, right? He died, he suffocated to death on that cross with a crown bashed on his skull, um, being spat, spat on, mocked at. He did that for you and I by choice. 
At any point, he could have got down. At any point, he could have summoned angels to wipe out those that were hurting him. At any point, he could have done that, but he didn't. He hung on that cross, and Hebrews 12.2 tells us why. It says, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. Because of the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. What's the joy that was awaiting him? Was it that he'd get down off the cross and be done with the jobs all done and then he goes back up to heaven and like puts his feet up on the couch and gets a coffee? Is that, was that the joy that was awaiting him? Was it that he... Is everyone all right? Yep. Yeah. Was, it, was, it, was, it, was it something... What was it that he was looking forward to while he was hanging there on that cross? It was, it was the knowledge, right, that you and I would know him one day. While he hung on that cross... He saw a mixed up 14-year-old kid holding a hockey stick that needed an answer. He saw you in your darkest time needing rescue. Even when you'd made the biggest mistakes you've ever made in your life, he was hanging on that cross going, I am the answer. I am the answer to, to all my father's children's problems. So I will hang here because it brings me such great joy to know that there will be people in heaven for all of eternity because I'm going to pay the price for their sins so they don't have to. You are the joy that was awaiting him. You are the joy that was awaiting him and that should tell you something very powerful about how he sees you. Again, I repeat, the value of something is determined by what someone is willing to pay for it. What someone is willing to pay. Jesus sees you as so valuable that he was willing to give up his life for you. You are that joy. You are that joy. Romans 5.8 says, But God clearly shows and proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still bad, Jesus did something good. While we were in a mess, Jesus came with the answer. When you were at your worst, Jesus gave his very best. He gave his very best for you. Jesus was willing to pay a high price for a kid with a hockey stick, for Deb and Georgia on the beach, meeting him for the first time for a person who's looking for peace in all the wrong places, for the addict, for the porn addict, for the liar, for the cheat. Whatever it is that you were doing that's bad, Jesus was still quite happy to do good for you. He was perfectly happy. It was his pleasure to do good for you. So what's so good about Friday? Well, I think if man answers that question, of course it's it's Jesus and his sacrifice. If we answer, yeah, it's Jesus and his sacrifice. But I put to you that when you ask God what's so good about Good Friday, I tell you, his answer is you are what's good about Good Friday. You are what's good about Good Friday. A bad day for Jesus resulted in a good day for us. Why don't we all stand to our feet this morning? I don't want to go any further in this place without giving every person who doesn't know Jesus an opportunity to meet him today. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, all across this room, I'm asking you a question. If you have never prayed a prayer asking Jesus 
to come into your life. If you've never prayed a prayer asking Jesus to forgive you of your sin, if you've never prayed a prayer asking Him to restore you to relationship with the loving God that created you, this is your moment. Jesus hung on the cross to pay the price for your sins so that they could be wiped away, forgiven and gone and you could enjoy your new life and have a fresh start enjoying relationship with the loving God that created you. And if you're here in this place on Good Friday and you want Jesus to do something good for you in this place, I want to I want to pray a prayer in just a moment. I want to include you in that prayer. And I want to just see anyone raising their hand who wants to be included in that prayer that you're going to pray from your seat. So all across this place, if you if you want to be prayed, yeah, I see your hand there, bro. That's awesome. Is there anyone else going to join this guy on Good Friday? I see your hand there. Good, good lad. I see your hand over there. That's awesome. Awesome. Anyway, I see your hand there too, bro. That's great. Is there anyone else? Anyone up the back? I see your hand up the back there. That's great. I see your hand as well on the front on the side there. That's great. And I see, yeah, I see your hand, little fella. That's awesome. Is there anyone else here that wants to join these people? This is a simple prayer that's going to change your life. It's going to change the trajectory. This will change the destination where you spend eternity. I see your hand up the front there. Is there anyone else? Before I go on, is there anyone else? All right, that's awesome. We are, we are, you can put your hands down and I say, hey, that is so amazing. We are going to pray a prayer right now with every head bowed and every eye closed. And I want to ask everyone who put their hand up, I want you to pray this prayer from your heart to God and mean it, mean it to Him. With all your heart, pray this prayer. And for everyone that has prayed this prayer and, and knows Jesus, I want you to join in in a big, loud voice and encourage those that are praying it, praying it for the first time. So let's, so let's pray. Everyone say, Dear Jesus, Thank you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for being so good. Please forgive me of everything I've done wrong. Wash it away. Please come into my life. Holy Spirit, please fill me. Please lead and guide me all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Everyone said... Amen. Come on, let's make noise in this place for Jesus. Nothing is possible without Him. He is mighty to save. Amen.